Hi, this is Taxis Chronicles and I'm your host Simon Rushton. Today we have a guy in a car, or like normal, <laughs> and we're just going to have a friendly chat about the Sky Bar, seeing he's worked there before and he's going to tell us what it's like and um, it, for those who don't know the Sky Bar, I believe it's the... Uh, the Gerting? Is it the Gherkin? No, it's the uh, Skylight Rooftop Bar. Skylight. Uh, top of Tobacco Dock in Wapping. Ah, okay, in Wapping. Ah, okay. So, how, what was you? What were you doing before you uh, come to work in this so industry? So, I moved down to London for the job. So, I got back from living in Canada for two years, right as uh, lockdown happened. So, I got stuck, if you will, living with my my parents just outside Newcastle mm-hmm. um, and bars and hospitality is the only work I've ever done I've got about 10 years in the industry so Real it was, it was uh, understandably quite hard with everything being shut to find any work um, a lot of the a lot of the people that I grew up with I grew up in Bath and a lot of people um, that I kind of knew from growing up have worked and passed through Skylight mm-hmm. was set up by a guy from Bath um, so when he put up that they were reopening, I reached out to him about some work and he put me in touch with their current bar manager who offered me a position and I moved down from Newcastle about a week later and started there um, as, as bars reopened post lockdown on the 24th of June, I think. And how have you been finding it working in London? Um, have you worked in London before? I've never worked in London before. I've, I've, I've never lived in London before. I, I've visited and you know had weekends here and really enjoyed it but uh, it's my first experience of kind of prolonged London living I guess mm-hmm. um, I've, been, I've, I've been loving it um, I'm very grateful to be back at work and to, to be to, to have an income to be earning again um, for the most part people have kind of adopted to the current state of affairs and stuff pretty pretty well like we mm-hmm. have we have rules and, and restrictions at work like six to a table uh one way uh, one way traffic around around the venue um no bar service it's all done through waiters so we've been um you know as careful as we can with mm-hmm. making sure that not only our customers feel safe and secure but also our staff and, mm-hmm. and everyone else that, that goes there to work but um how how does working in London bars differ from working in Canada? Um, it's very different, uh, very different styles of service. Canada is um, the hospitality industry there is predominantly tips and service driven. Um, so as a bartender over there, where 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 it becomes a profitable industry to work in is, is in your tips. Um, you don't make a whole lot of money at all, really, off of a off an hourly wage or even a salary. But your uh, the, the benefit of the job comes in the tipping culture. Um, so it's all very service driven. Um, it's a very high emphasis on um, quality of service and quality of knowledge. Um, so a customer should ask. They expect you to be able to answer any question. Pretty much, yeah, or at least be like approachable, honest and, and personable. Um, you won't get very far in a bar in Canada if you can't sit and have a conversation with someone. Oh, um, okay. You get caught out pretty quickly. Oh, it's, it's like they can test you. Yeah, pretty much. It's just, it, it's, it's just that kind of atmosphere in, in bars over there. Like, but like, particularly if people are coming to sit at the bar, more often than not, 
Um, oh, so like in the movies where they sit at the bar yeah, and they talk to the bartender, yeah, exactly. you need to be able to be able to talk about politics, sports, yeah, religion, just, just whatever. Just be engaging. Um, okay. You know, it's the way that you you build a regulars culture. You know, mm. you, you have people that come in and you know them by name. You know what they're going to drink, so you can have their drink ready for them. You know, whilst they're taking their coat off. And then from a purely, I guess, financial point of view, that's then reflected in your tip at the end of the night. Mm. Um, you know, and it's. So it's a bit like as a bartender, you're a bit of a psychiatrist if you're dealing with people at the bars because they're telling you their oh, problems. Oh, massively. We're, we're, bartenders are very similar to barbers in that respect. Um, and taxi drivers. And taxi drivers, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm sure like you become a, a counsellor, an advisor, a confidant to a lot of people. Um, obviously, what's unique in that respect to bartending is alcohol is involved mm. um, so people so blurt out everything people when tend to open up a little bit more yeah. um, what's the most surprising story that you've been told um, the most surprising story that I've been told or encountered or, behind the bar yeah. um, uh, a story that I was told it didn't happen to me it happened to a friend of mine who was the bar manager of a high-end uh, seafood restaurant in the city he um, had a regular in with a, a young lady who he was kind of taking care of that evening uh, and asked for their entire experience to be curated if you will he didn't want to order anything off the menu Luke he asked Luke to essentially design order what he wanted, pair it with food, pair it with drink, and um, Luke basically curated this entire night for them. Um, uh, the gentleman and his partner had a, had a lovely time by all accounts. Left and the gentleman came back um, about five, ten minutes later and presented Luke with a brand new Rolex as his tip. Um, so he wears that. Very, pr very proudly. Very proudly, yeah. I'm uh, worth my weight in gold. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, unfortunately, not not something happened to me. Okay. Uh, <laughs> otherwise, uh, have I you was, ever heard stories where you just think, "Oh, I wish you hadn't told me that." You do. I can't unsee that. Yeah, I can't unhear. you get a lot of stories. Um, you get a lot of like the, the funny stories where it's just a bit, you know, too much information and all of that. But then you do you do overhear as well as you know get get told stories that kind of test your moral compass a little bit. Uh, in in regards to ah oh, to to all sorts um, stuff with people's personal lives, stuff like stuff with people's um, you know cer certain beliefs and ideals that they might have. Um, again, alcohol becomes involved and people become very liberal with. Mm. What they're what they're willing to share with people, um, but working with in that environment, you're not really. You're not meant to have an you're opinion. Not, you, you're, you're not. Yeah, it's hard to. It's really hard to stay impartial, particularly. In Jamaica, in we have a, in Jamaica we have a saying that seeing blind and hearing deaf. Yeah. So <laughs> it's along that kind of lines then. So you don't yeah. want to get fired, but you're thinking you shouldn't be doing that. Massively, now. yeah. You and it's the same thing, like, obviously there's uh, exceptions to the rule, like if you were ever, um, you know, mm. involved in any kind of conversation that implicated someone in serious criminality or anything like that, then I'm sure 
you would involve the necessary parties, but if it's just based around someone's point of view or opinions or yeah, yeah. ideologies, it's quite uh, it's quite hard. To... It's interesting you say that because as a driver, as a taxi driver, I've had people who are drug dealers quite frequently. Yeah. But I don't. Um, and I don't call the police. Well, you can't really... How are you going to do that? You're going to stop and say, wait a minute, I'm just taking you to a police station. Yeah. Yeah. But then if I saw somebody like a... Someone who seemed like they had a minor and it was in a very inappropriate... No, I'd probably just stop the car then and then, pull yeah. the person out and keep the minor and bring it to the police station kind of thing. Yeah. Or something. You know, you would do something. Well, yeah. yeah and, and like... And from a, a bartender's point of view as well we have a we have a duty of care to people as well mm. um you know it al- alcohol is a tough one because if alcohol was made illegal now it would be a class a drug yeah but of course alcohol is so ingrained in not just british culture but culture in general mm-hmm. throughout, you know throughout the world yeah um and you know with it you know, comes, lots of issues, comes lots issues of... and, and behaviour that wouldn't, you know, wouldn't necessarily see the light of day otherwise. So you know, you have to. Where'd you you, go on. You're, you can be in, you know, situations where you can see, for example, people making unwanted advances on, on people, and you know, the vast majority of the time it is, it is a man to a woman, and. Mm. Sometimes have to insert yourself into that situation to make sure that it doesn't go too far. Mm. But one thing people don't realise is that quite often, well, you know, it's quite common for it to also be female to man as well. And I'm, you know, not for a second suggesting that men have it bad, but uh, you know there are lots of time where women, and females, can have too much to be too much to drink, and um, they put themselves in a and, particular and can, can approach and, and interact with men. In a way that, would, if it was, the other if way. it was the other way, it would be completely socially unacceptable. But oh, you see that kind way. of laugh about it because it's a man to a woman. But it's kind of a, yeah. sometimes there's a bit of a case of double standards. And you can't complain as a man that because the the police or whoever wouldn't take you seriously. Exactly. They say, "What's the problem? Is a, take a bit it. Of, you know, a bit of a shame. I wish you grab my cock." Exactly. Yeah. Which, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know. Yeah. It's happened. It's happened to me. It's happened to other male bartenders that I've worked with, and you're kind of expected to just deal with it. Yeah. Whereas if I, as a patron in a bar, went up to a woman and groped her, I'd be arrested and charged. <laughs> so um, it's yeah. it's you know you, yeah. you do come across. And again, like I, I completely understand that the vast majority of the time, it is uh, unwanted attention from from a man to a woman but you do get exceptions to that and uh, i don't think it should necessarily be joked about maybe so much as it yeah, is i understand well thanks for that we've come to the end of the trip it was a really good it's <laughs> really really we're offloaded here the most interesting <laughs> yeah. uber ride i've had in a long time <laughs> But I hope the listeners, you like that one. Obviously, it started off a bit slow, but then got juicy. You started to get our uh, teeth into the fat of things. Um, for the listeners, please do not forget to subscribe to our other podcast, Africa Investor Stories, all about um, why people from around the world invest in Africa, um, having the fastest growing economies on the planet and has done for some time. Apart from that, have a day and stay safe.